You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. This episode lives up to that. <laughs> We've got Kira Allen as our guest today, who is a rising talent and uh, her recent performance uh, opposite Sarah Paulson in Hulu's psychological thriller Run is still one of my favorite movies that I've seen recently. Just absolutely incredible. And she tells a story of how she got involved with this. They took a chance on this unknown actress and gave her the role of a lifetime. And she just lived up to every bit of expectation. She can now be heard on the Broadway Podcast Network original called Twits which you can find via bpn.fm slash twits or basically wherever you are listening to this episode. Now, just search for twits. Kira exemplifies the phrase that we have heard several times throughout the episodes on these on this podcast, which is be the person that other people want to work with the next time. She is so pleasant and so wonderful and just takes everything so seriously. After we worked together on Twits, I was the audio engineer for the recordings and she sent me a thank you note. I've never had a thank you note from somebody in this setting before. And she just said that it was so much fun and thank thank me and the others and from the production crew for everything that we had done. And she just stuck out in my mind as being this wonderful person that, as I just mentioned, I want to work with again. Everybody needs to listen and watch everything she is in. But before we get into the interview, of course, Instagram and Twitter, theater underscore podcast. Find me. Let me know you're listening. Leave a rating and a review. Show your support for the podcast at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That support goes to making transcriptions. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Kira Allen. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here you go. One, two, three. My guest today was named by The Hollywood Reporter as one of their breakout stars of 2020, due in no small part to her amazing performance opposite Sarah Paulson in Hulu's psychological thriller, 
Run. She is the first wheelchair user to star in a major thriller in over 70 years, which has advanced the conversation about disability representation in the industry. She has an amazing collection of regional theater credits and is studying creative writing at Columbia University here in New York City. She can now be heard as Pansy Freehold in the new BPN original radio comedy called Twits, starring opposite Michael Yuri and Christian Borle. Kira Allen, welcome to the theater podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. We share a name spelled differently, so I can only give you the warmest of warm welcomes. <laughs> Look, I feel a kinship with all Allens. I love Alan Rickman. I love Alan Seals. <laughs> I love all the Allens. <laughs> Who else is there? <laughs> My mom and dad, my brothers. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Allens then. The, the family of the Allens. So your mom and dad and your brothers. And are they into performing too? Because you've got this 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 career that you know, of course, um, on TV and in film, right? We know you from from these things. But then you're pursuing theater and uh, creative writing as well. So you've got like the creative side of things. Where did all this come into your life? Good question. Um, I'm lucky that I'm in a family that really, really appreciates the arts. Um, especially my parents. My, my brothers are more into sports and, and I try to understand football for them and, and they try to understand theater for me. Um, but definitely <laughs> more of an interest that I share with my mom and dad and, and they took me to theater from a very young age. So I was very lucky that it was just kind of part of my environment, especially living in New York. Um, and for me, like acting and writing have always have kind of come from the same roots for me. It's just a, a love of storytelling and, and being so drawn in by movies, by musicals, by plays, um, you know, any, any form of storytelling um, that was good, that was compelling to me, just, um, you know, seeing, seeing the life changing power of storytelling, I, I immediately wanted to write and I wanted to act. Um, and, and to me, they still feel very much tied to each other. Um, they feel like branches of the same tree to me. Mm -hmm. Well, what, uh, what age was that? Like, where did you start thinking about writing and performing? Or did you want to do both at once? Or was it always just like, I, I feel like everybody as a kid at some point was like, I want to be on TV. That looks like fun. But then they never really <laughs> took it seriously. Um, yeah, I... I, I was around theater a lot as a kid. My my mom writes. Um, she she writes for theater. She's also writing a podcast. She has her own podcast called The Chronicles of Wallace Sprague, Dog Psychiatrist, which is an incredible <laughs> podcast. It's another serialized fiction podcast um, that I'm on as well. I play Tallulah Sprague. I'm the the psychiatrist's daughter, um, and and so we have great fun with that. Um, but definitely, I was just I was in the environment from very young, and and she would like bring me into production meetings. I was in production meetings from the time I was I, two weeks old. I think at my first production meeting, two weeks after I was born, um, my mom brought me in, in a baby Bjorn. And, and, you know, those were the people I grew up around. I grew up around actors and directors and creatives. And I really learned to have respect for the process, learn, you know, um, the, the hard work that went into it and, and how things come together. And I was just fascinated by it. Um, and it took me a long time to, connect that with like movies and tv because movies and tv seem so distant to me because like you don't see the people you're not in this space with the people that's one of the things that's so like electrifying and magical about theater is like, you're in the space with the people and it, and it feels so real and it feels so close and so human 
and and film and tv is a very different kind of magic where it just felt like something that was like being transmitted to me from the heavens um, as, as a young kid and <laughs> And one day my, my dad asked me, like, would you ever want to do something like that? Because he saw how interested I was in theater. Would you ever want to, you know, try to do movies or TV? And I was like, I never, I never even thought of that, that those are like people who make those things. And like having that brought down to earth and kind of learning that like all of the things that seem so magical to me are, are made by people and that I could be one of those people. I could be part of creating those things. And and, you know, creating something that really means something to someone else, you know, that that's something that was in me from a young age. And that just grew as I got older. What you just said, something that struck with me was, was that, the, hold on a second. Yes. This is your toilet paper friend. Yeah. Look, and hold it, hold it up. Oh, okay. Can I see? He, he made a friend out of toilet paper. Oh my goodness, that's a beautiful friend. Is it a boy or a girl or a non-binary? It's, it's a nothing. Okay. It's a nothing. It's a nothing. Okay. Okay. Close the door, please. Thank, thank you. Beep, beep, beep. All right. Um, we were leaving earlier, and uh, he was pooping and got really angry that we used his friend to wipe his butt. No. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh so he had to make a new friend. Oh my god. Oh, to be a small child. <laughs> the creativity, oh the imagination. That's amazing. It's just what we're talking about, isn't it? So something you just said reminded me of something that I was thinking recently because I've had uh several interviews lately going through December and November of of friends that I've known for a long time, people that I've considered friends and people that I've just met through the industry recently or specifically through interviews exactly like we're doing now that have been both here to talk about and promote Tick, Tick, Boom and, and West Side Story, right? So you've got two of the biggest movies in in the theater industry and West Side Story, of course, a Spielberg film working with Sondheim, the late, amazing, great Sondheim, all of these are just people that are our peers that are making these things that are literally changing the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tick, Tick, Boom and West Side Story were both amazing. I was lucky enough to see both of them. Um, and our late, great Sondheim, I believe, had a hand in both of them. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really quite a gift that we got to see some more of his work before before we lost him. What, a, what an enormous loss. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it is strange to think of even someone like Sondheim, who seems so much like a god to all of us, is just a guy, or was just a guy, and just a, a person. And, and, it, and it can be um, kind of inspiring to think of, uh, to, th to think of that, that this is what human beings are capable of, to take it to that kind of like philosophical level. I, I recently watched Get Back, um, the, the three-part Beatles documentary by Peter Jackson, which is kind of a recutting of the footage of Let It Be, where he just covers um, like the whole making of the album of Let It Be and, and what right. led up to the rooftop uh, rooftop concert and, and everything. Um, and it really feels like like being in recording sessions with the Beatles because you're just watching them as they're writing songs, as they're you know 
making mistakes and correcting them as they're experimenting and trying new things. And, and that really drove that home to me. It's like, these are some of the greatest minds of the 20th century. It gave us some of the greatest art that we have today. And they're just like a bunch of guys. They're like some <laughs> guys in a room making music when it really comes down to it, you know, and, and young, like kids, really, they were, they were all in their twenties and it, and it really, um, it can be kind of strange to try to wrap your head around that. But at the same time, it, it really, it does inspire me to, to think of like every, every like great piece of art I've ever seen was made by someone who's only human. I want that tattooed on my arm. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the best tattoo. quote ever. <laughs> Every great, what did you say? Every great piece of art was inspired or created by someone who's only human. Yeah. Is that what you said? That yeah. sounds pretty good. We'll go with that. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Uh, yeah, no, it's beautiful. I, I totally agree with that because uh, there's friends of mine too that get frustrated with their own creativity or their own level of output. And, and it's, it's funny because um, I talk about this, this quote, particularly a lot on this, on the podcast is Andre de Shields. When he won his Tony, he said, the top of this mountain is the bottom of the next, or the top yeah. of one mountain is the bottom of the next. And, and so I, I feel like, um, taking back to what I just said, people are frustrated with their own output, but I'm like, you're, you're literally like, you're, you're frustrated that this one show, this one song that you're writing for this Broadway show, is it working? Whatever the case is, you're frustrated with your performance on this one night in Broadway, but you're on freaking Broadway, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> This is, this is, you know, you are, you are the Olympians of theater. And so not everyone's going to pull a muscle. Everyone's going to trip every now and then, but your 70% is everyone else's 150%. So give yourself a little slack, cut yourself some slack here. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And sometimes I have to, I have to kind of remind myself of those things when I start feeling like, you know, why am I not at this point yet? Why have I not done this thing? Why is this thing not working out as quickly as I hoped it would? I have to kind of sit back and think like, I am living the dreams of myself from five years ago. Like just imagine <laughs> myself five years ago and being, and being like, this is what you're going to be worry, working on. This is what you're going to be worried about. Like, this is going to be what stresses you out in five years. It's something that is something that I couldn't have even imagined being part of my life um and even recording twits that was something i felt where i was like oh my god am, am i like am i doing well enough am i am i like living up to the standards of this amazing podcast and, and doing justice to this writing am i like up to the level of everyone around me and i had to be like dude calm down like you're you are reading with christian borrell and michael yuri and mary testa and Dakin matthews and 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 just you know have to be like that's enough. Is it possible to get stressed about anything or feel insecure about anything? But sometimes you have to take that step back and be like, wow, just look at how amazing this is that I get to do this. It's it's spot on what you just said. I There have been so many conversations where the most successful people in in, 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 that I consider like the, the most successful people in the industry or in, in, you know, people idolize them or people look up to them. Right. We'll do these interviews and we stop recording. And the first thing they say is, was that good? Was that okay? And I'm like, what? That's, that just, it blows my mind that somebody who has won multiple Tony awards is just like, are, are you happy with what I just did? Like, of course I am. You gave me your time. That's it's, it's brilliant. Right. And so all of this, I mean, it goes back to uh, what you were just saying. And it's, I want to, I want to take this back a little bit because uh, do you, 
you are now living your dreams from five years ago. And I want to get into the timeline of, of filming, auditioning for run, filming for run and all of that. But before we go back there, um, talk to me about, about like your own maintain maintenance of your own, uh, mental health, right? Because you are now of a generation that it's not so taboo to talk about mental health and, Mm. and, uh, like I hope my kids grow up and know that it's that therapy is acceptable and mm. that having uh, sitting in your own sadness is what you should do. Acknowledge it and learn from it and move on. Right. Because what I was taught from my parents was ignore it and it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you're using your platform for that because that's really powerful and really wonderful. Um, yeah. I mean, I find creating like acting and writing to be very therapeutic I Mm -hmm. I it's such it's such an important part of my like maintaining my own mental health my own equilibrium my sense of well-being that sometimes it's like hard for me to imagine how people who are not actors and writers can be happy Mm. (laughs) it's like which I understand in theory that everyone's got their own thing that that you know maintains that for them and that keeps them going and for some people maybe that's you know fishing and for some people that's like science i know so little about science i don't even know what to say specifically about science i, I work in science um, i'm sure that's something that that people who are not artists say um engineering that's, that's science. <laughs> I work in electrical engineering. Maybe that's for some people the thing that really keeps them going. And it is, you know, for a lot of people. Um, But for me, like, that's how acting and writing, that's how I express myself. That's how I kind of get out things that feel stuck, um, things that I haven't been able to verbalize in any other way. Like, I journal all the time. I've been journaling pretty consistently for about four years now, and that's made a huge difference in my life um, and helped me gain a lot of insight about myself and my life and other people um, and just process a lot of things. Um, and and when I'm lucky enough to be working on a project as an actor that, that I really care about and that means a lot to me, um, that can truly be life-changing. I, I, you know, if I really commit and I, and I go into it and give it everything I've got. And I, and I use myself, you know, my, my own resources and my own, um, experiences and and feelings and use this as a place to process those. I I come out of it as a different person. So I feel very, very lucky to be able to do this. When you journal, do you write about your, yourself and your own experiences or do you write other stories? Cause I, I know that you got connected with twits, um, because you're you're in a writing class, or maybe you still are with Tom Allen Robbins, who's the writer of Twits, and is Mushnick in is an actor of his own right. He's Mushnick in Little Shop right now. Yeah, yeah. Tom Allen Robbins is a true legend, um, and I am in a writers group with him. And um, I've gotten to read his work. He's gotten to read some of my work. It's been very rewarding and very fun for for many years to be um, to be working together and and just honored to be a part of Twits and to have seen it from the very first reading in in our writers group. Um, I got to see the the first very first iteration of it and and read for it and and so this is it's really so wonderful and full circle to be seeing it come out now and get the love it really deserves. Um, but in terms of journaling, I really try to put no restrictions on it at all. I I just go into it and say okay write a word 
you know, write a few words, right? Not words. You don't even have to write words. Sometimes I go in and, and I write gibberish just to get the feeling of the keys under my fingers or the pen in my hand just to to get moving. Um, sometimes if I'm really self-conscious, what I've done before is I will type with my knuckles. And so <laughs> it's like I will be saying things and words will be flowing through my head, but it will come out as complete gibberish because I can't type clearly with my knuckles. So that just gets rid of the self-consciousness and gets the gets the words flowing without me like trying to observe and judge myself, which I find really helpful. It's just kind of a way of like getting the tap flowing for me, you know, like you turn on the tap and it like a, a tap that's like brown at first and you just keep running it and running it and running it until it's clear and you're ready to like really work on this stuff that's important to you. And that's kind of what journaling is about for me, um, both for, for my writing and, and just as a person to try to get to that, you know, crystal clear point of I understand something that's important to me. Well, remind me not to drink the water coming out of your faucet. No. It sounds pretty nasty. <laughs> um. Okay, to be fair, that's not my tap that I was describing. It was a metaphorical tap. <laughs> I'm lucky to have clean New York tap water. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so going back to run then, uh, so so that came out two, two, two years ago, right? The beginning of 2020? Or was that uh, ended in 2019? came out a year ago. Uh, a year? Last year, November of 2020. November it was 2020. supposed to come out earlier, but it was delayed because of the pandemic. Well, so so talk me through that, because when did you start? You said your dad came to you and was like, do you want do you want to do TV and film? So obviously there was some point when you're like, yeah, I guess I'll audition for like one or two things. And then all of a sudden you've got this this groundbreaking history making role opposite one of the greatest stars of that that we have on stage and screen right now truly truly sarah paulson is is a wonder and i i am so so lucky that my first film ever run was the first film first feature film i've ever done um that i got to act i mean who who gets to do that in their first film ever act opposite sarah paulson um one of our one of our greats so I am very, very lucky. Um, but to return to your point about, you know, when when did it start? When did I, I get that spark and want to do that? I, I want to be fair to my dad and clarify that he was not and has never been a stage parent and never pushed me to do this. Um, but really, I think in that moment was just curious because he saw how invested I was in, in theater and in acting and, and, you know, how much I loved movies and, and was just wondering. Um, but really the, the the push was always from me i i always wanted to learn more about movies and theater um i wanted to find opportunities and, and i was very lucky that my parents and my brothers have always been so so supportive of me um and just wanted me to do it as long as i loved it and as long as i was getting something out of it um and and so i'm very very lucky to have my family behind me in that way um and and growing up i did a lot of local theater, um, summer camp, like school shows. Uh, and, and as I got into like, I think sixth grade was when I started doing a lot of student films. I just started auditioning for, for student films for like locally shot indie movies. Um, and that's really where I like cut my teeth, uh, in, in film. I, I learned how to act on these like NYU student films and Columbia student films that I, I would, you know, my, my amazing parents were, were kind enough to drive me into the city for so I could 
um, so I could learn the craft and, and get better. And I'm sure if I, I watched the films now that I made when I was 12 and 13, I would, you know, cringe out of my skin. But, but it was really, really a valuable experience. And then I started acting professionally after I graduated from high school. I started with a theater company called TVTV or Theater Breaking Through Barriers, which is an off-Broadway theater company that I had a wonderful, wonderful experience with and had my off-Broadway professional theater debut in 2017. And it feels like quite a long time between that and when I got the role in Run, uh, because I it, it really was a time of great transformation for me, where I was doing all this professional theater. I was working at you know Cape Cod Theater Project, um, Keene Theater Company, the Royal Court. Uh, I, I got all these amazing opportunities where I got to um, do lots of theater acting. And but it was only eighteen months between my professional acting debut in 2017 and when I got the role in, in run in 2018. Wow. Um, that somehow, I mean, in, in the meantime, I, I got a manager from the work that I was doing in New York and this audition came around and he thought I might be right for it and submitted me for it. And as soon as, as soon as I got the, the self tape audition request, I was like, I'm not letting this slip by. I mean, it, it, it was I, I'd gotten roles for I sorry I'd, I'd gotten auditions for small roles and big projects and big roles and small projects, but I'd never had an audition for something that was the lead in a studio movie, and and so I really I put everything I had into it. I I prepared. I like locked myself in my room for days, like doing my preparation work for the character of Chloe, and then after my first self self tape audition, I got to read the script. And that's when I was really like, I will do anything to get this role. The, this the script was so good, written by Anish Chaganti and Sevohanian, who also together wrote the movie Searching, which Anish directed. Um, and so getting to see Searching, Searching came out during my audition process. Actually, I saw it the day I had my first in-person audition for Run. So I was like, as I was auditioning for this movie, discovering what this creative team was capable of and like had been a fan of Sarah Paulson for years and years and like every step of the way made me want it more and more badly to the point where I was like this is going to devastate me if I don't get to do this movie <laughs> but I was very lucky that that it worked out um that they thought I was right for the role they believed in me enough to you know cast a complete unknown just some college kid from new york as as one of the leads in their movie and i dropped out of college for the semester and and went up to canada and and that was it <laughs> wow wow that so it's been like this whirlwind of of starting i guess starting professionally getting the manager doing the audition and then all of a sudden yeah you get to drop out of college for temporarily yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. and go up and film this amazing movie that got so much recognition like it, it, people still talk about it there was something that i read what it's the most talked about film studio film on twitter what was what what was this uh, the let's see the film broke record highs at hulu in its opening weekend becoming the streamers most watched movie ever and the most talked about original film on twitter to date yeah hulu original film wow yeah <laughs> That was wild to be in the middle of. There was a lot of enthusiasm on social media, and I got to connect with a lot of really, really lovely, wonderful people who who loved this film and got so much out of it. And you know, as a kid who, growing up, 
had my life changed by so many movies and, and plays and, and performances to have people then coming to me and being like, this is what your movie meant to me. This is what your performance meant to me. This changed my life in this way. This spoke to me. This, you know, reflected my story in this or that way. That was incredibly powerful and and very overwhelming at the time um, because, like, I, I never even had social media before Run. I made Twitter and Instagram accounts, like, as professional accounts when the movie was coming out. And so I certainly was not prepared. to. I was barely prepared to, like function on social media much less being in the <laughs> middle of that kind of noise but it was really extraordinary i got so so lucky that like my my first experiences with social media were so positive and involved so many wonderful people who were really really enthusiastic about the film that's strange to me i guess that all of it was completely positive or maybe i don't know maybe it was because it was the first time that you really got on social media one of my oldest, the oldest people that I know in, in New York is Ali Stroker. I've known her for, for God, what, 14, 15 years, something like that, since I moved to the New York, New York a long time ago. And I interviewed her as one of my first interviews on this podcast. And something she had said towards um, uh, at some point in the interview was was being in a wheelchair herself. She doesn't actually like it when people say like that they that she's an inspiration because she wants to be seen just like everybody else she doesn't necessarily want to be put aside or treated special while at the same time um is able to use her platform to to really advocate for accessibility and advocate for education so how is that translated for you though like getting onto social media and all of a sudden being thrust into the spotlight how did that translate for you yeah it's really interesting and and by the way i totally agree with ali about the the issue of inspiration it can be really complicated there's there's a great TED talk by a woman named Stella Young where she talks about what which she has the, the the term she has coined is inspiration porn, mm -hmm. um, which is about kind of using disabled people for like motivational, inspirational um, kind of content for for non-disabled people, which is can be like weird and exploitative and 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 one of the quotes from her that I really like is I want to live in a world where we don't have such low expectations of disabled people that we're congratulated just for getting out of bed in the morning. And that's like where I really feel the, the weirdness of, of inspiration. It's like, I've been called inspirational for wearing a yellow shirt, for like showing up to class, for like being in public. Like these things are, are very basic things that, that um, just, that can feel a bit, you know, a bit weird and insulting when, when it's like, why, why is it inspiring that I'm just like out living my life? But at the same time, it's, it's complicated because inspiration is a beautiful thing. And I love to be inspired and I love to inspire other people. Um, and I love when, when people tell me that they're inspired by something I've done that is something I'm proud, I'm proud of and something that's meaningful. You know, if my performance has inspired someone or, you know, something that I worked really hard on or like to be an artistic inspiration or influence is, is a really beautiful and moving thing. So it can be, it can be complicated, the word in general, but I, I try to um, take it on a case by case basis, you know, and, and just believe in the, the best of intentions from people. We're gonna take a short break Stay tuned for more of the episode. This episode is brought to you by Factor. 
Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, and every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes, which is really good for me because I don't have time for three minutes. This is New York. I got to keep going. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up. This is not just dinner either. It is for breakfast and midday bites as well. It's totally flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. And if you're going out of town or just want to take a break, you can pause or reschedule any time. So sign up and save because I've done the math. Factor is actually less expensive than takeout. So head to factormeals.com TTP50 and use code TTP50 to get 50% off. That's code TTP50 at factormeals.com TTP50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was a little nervous on social media uh, about just, yeah, how people would approach disability and um, if that was going to be something I, I, I don't know, that would make my time on social media a little harder. I'm, I'm very lucky that I haven't had that experience so far other than like the odd comment here or there that kind of makes me, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's really been so lovely is like any, any comment that feels inappropriate or mean. I've had other people come in like in the kindest, most respectful way and be like, this is inappropriate. Please remove this comment. Or like that, that question is personal and, you know, it's not appropriate to be putting that, that question in, in comments. That's, that's not kind, like not, it has not turned into fights as far as I can see or any kind of internet ugliness. It's just, it really feels like people have my back and people who I don't even know, which is amazing. And people who maybe weren't so familiar with disability issues before, but have familiarized themselves and have learned um, by becoming familiar with my work and the things I've spoken about in public and have now taken that into other spheres of their lives in the world and, and are able to have those kind and compassionate and informed conversations with people where they can say, hey, it's not it's not right to use that word or it's not very nice to say that to someone. Um, and that's something I'm I'm very proud of and very grateful for to be surrounded by people like that. It's a teaching moment. I want to say, right? Because you've got somebody who who may not realize that just the way that they've asked a question is somehow offensive or or a word that they've used. I mean, when you think of all 
the the big town, small town, and everything in between, all the people that exist, especially on the internet, especially on social media, where if they're actively trying to find answers and all they've heard about is something referred to in a certain way that the people around them are saying uh, that is based on some sort of offensive historical rhetoric or whatnot, right? Like that's all they know. And until they're called out, in a positive way, in a constructive way, like the people who who defend, you know, they're like, that's inappropriate, take that down. Or, that's a personal question, take that down. Like somebody, if you're not talking about it, then maybe you don't want to talk about it. That's like, everybody has those things, right? Everybody, nobody wants to talk about certain things, especially in a public forum, especially on social media where everything can be taken out of context and often is and never forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And I'm, I'm certainly, I don't have a thick enough skin to be the one who goes into the comments and is like, hey, here's the reason why this word is kind of insulting or why it's like not nice to see questions like this in my comment section. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, I don't know, never say never, but it, it's never been kind of part of my MO to be, to be having those conversations with people I don't know. But um, it's really nice that other people have taken a taking it upon themselves to do it again in a, in a kind and respectful and constructive way. And I, I try not to be too hard on people in terms of language. Cause like, that's something that like has to be learned and, and not a lot of people have a lot of exposure to the disability community and the rhetoric within and, and why certain terms are preferred. Like when I was, um, when I first became disabled for the first couple of years or so, I referred to myself as wheelchair bound and confined to a wheelchair, like just because those were the terms I'd heard. And, and I was like, yeah, that's, that describes me. <laughs> and, and found out only a couple of years later that the preferred term in the community is wheelchair user, because the wheelchair is something, it's not something that binds or confines or constricts someone. It's, something that um, gives a person freedom and liberation and allows them to, to move. And, and so it frames the chair in a much more positive light. But like, even I, as a wheelchair user, didn't know that for several years into my disability. And so I try not to be too hard on people for not knowing, especially when people have the, the um, kindest of intentions. But, you know, sometimes people get a bit trollish and are being intentionally insulting or like, really really are like are very upset that i'm not telling them how i became disabled because they like like i need this story this story is important for me understanding who you are when i i don't find that to be the case that you know I, that's something i've been i I've, I've made a conscious choice on that like i don't i don't owe that story to trolls on the internet who are you know who are insistent in my comment section every day. But I, I really appreciate that there are a lot of people who understand that and who stand up for me. And to the credit of a lot of people in my comment section who, who ask those questions, a lot of them have, um, you know, come to understand why that maybe isn't the kindest thing to be, to be pushing those questions constantly and, and have apologized and have, um, you know, remedy the situation either by deleting the comment or, or by, you know, posting a nicer comment in response. I, you know, I really believe in, in people's ability to grow and change and learn. Um, and, and I'm appreciative that I have a lot of people in my social media world who seem to believe the same. Well, that to me 
dare I say, sounds a bit inspiring. <laughs> in, <laughs> in in that, it's it's allowing a, a, a an open platform. I'm trying to formulate this as I'm spitting out words. It allows a safe space. I guess, yeah, a safe space to have an open dialogue with the people who are following you, the people who are your fans. You're not actively engaging in it, like you said. You're 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 not um, you're not doing that yourself, but you're allowing for these conversations to happen, which I think is okay. I'll take back the inspirational. I say respectable. It's it's respectable. <laughs> no, I I appreciate that, and you know that's a that's a situation where like I really. I appreciate that word and, and that it comes from a place of like you seeing me as, as a person and respecting, um, you know, a, I guess an environment that I've been part of creating or that I've tried to foster. And, and that doesn't feel like it's like, wow, congratulations on making it out the door this morning. You know? <laughs> it's, it's a very different tone. And like I said, well, the issue can be complicated. It, it is honestly kind of refreshing sometimes when, I get to hear that word in a very positive context and reframed and, and someone saying like, I, I find you to be inspiring because of who you are as a person and nothing to do with disability. Cause that's just a, I mean, that's a lovely thing for anyone to hear and, and something I've kind of been fighting to reclaim ah, fighting is maybe too strong a word, but working to reclaim for myself is, is, um, the ways in which inspiration can also be beautiful and, and be part of my life in a positive way. Yeah, there, there's beauty, actually, was what I was thinking of right before you said it. it was, it's a beauty in in projecting uh, kindness and acceptance. And uh, I guess, again, going back to being respectable, uh, having the respect to allow these conversations to take place. And like, you know, you're not you're not inciting uh, an uprising. You're not <laughs> having you're not promoting hate speech. You're you're literally providing this this arena just by being in existence and by pursuing what you love, you're allowing these people, uh, allowing like sort of this trail of glitter follows behind <laughs> you. Oh where, where pe people are following in the glitter trail, trying to to pick up on the happiness, right? And and that's I guess that's the inspiration that I sort of picture in my head, right? Like there there are people who are sad. There are people who maybe. Um, a wheelchair user or have a disability of their own, or there are some people that I know ex struggle with extreme depression who do need that, that collect, that congratulations just for getting out of bed in the morning. Right. Mm. And by seeing somebody that they maybe assume because they don't know you personally, that they assume struggles with the same sort of uh, feelings that they do to, to do things that they can't do, which is, sometimes getting out of bed or wearing a yellow shirt or showing up to class uh, that that gives them the inspiration to, to be better people. Right. Mm. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. And uh, yeah, it, it is. It's also complicated because what's difficult for people or what's impressive for people varies so much from individual to individual. Yeah. Um, that it's that it's hard to to make that call, um, and I don't mean to disparage anyone for whom you know getting out of bed is no small feat, um, and it can be you know it can be hard for for people who who really struggle with things like that to to go through those things and and to um, really have to work so hard to accomplish these things and get no credit for it because mm -hmm. everyone's like that's what's to be expected, 
Um, so, you know, that can be, that can be complicated in terms of like, what, what is hard? What is easy? What is a challenge? It, it, it depends completely on the person. For me, I, I think sometimes people make some assumptions based on my disability on, on what would be hard for me and, and what they can do that I couldn't do. And, and it can be fun sometimes to just surprise people and, and be like, oh no, I can do that. I, you know, I'll do the cha-cha slide with you. <laughs> so, I'm gonna show up to dance class, and I'm gonna, you know, and 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 all this stuff. And, and interesting, interestingly, sometimes the people, the things that people don't consider, can be um, the most challenging. Going, going to a party where maybe there are stairs or the doorway is too narrow, where people would say, "Oh, you should come to this party," and and you know, not think much of it. And I will have to say, okay, are the sta- are there stairs? Is the doorway too narrow? You know, how tight are the corners? If it's at a restaurant, I'm going to call ahead and make sure they have a ramp or something. And, you know, those are the kind of challenges that people don't often consider, the accessibility challenges. And, and you know, another thing that Stella Young st- said in her TED Talk about inspiration and disability is, um, you know, talking about the social model of disability, that disabled people are, are more limited by the world around us than we are by our bodies. And so the, the challenges that I come up against most frequently have to do with the way the world is built and the fact that it's not built to include disabled people. It's not built with disabled bodies in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, when, when people say, oh, oh, congratulations on, you know, making it out of bed in the morning, like that I can do no problem. The, the, the issue is, is, you know, trying to get on a subway or, or trying to get into a, a restaurant in New York City and, and, and all of these other things. So I guess also that just comes from, I guess, people having familiarity. Um, and, and I think people who have been in my life for a while and have been around with me in public and, and have been part of kind of working through those kinds of obstacles with me have that understanding and, and, and so I think, you know, there's a lot that comes from just exposure and experience. And, and, and that's one of the reasons representation is so important to have authentically told stories about disabled people and, and to, you know, in- include people, other people in our lives, even if it's just through a story, even if it's just through fiction, I think that could be an incredibly powerful thing. And, you know, people can learn without even realizing they're learning. People can learn without even realizing they're learning. That that's the I'm gonna have that tattooed on my other arm. Your other. Arm. <laughs> <laughs> you have two Kira Allen originals on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you keep you keep drinking out of that water bottle. For this I'm is audio only. No, 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 no. It's funny because the way the way that you hold it is like the top of a wine bottle, like you're chugging a wine bottle. So every time every time you drink out of this water bottle, I'm like, oh, she's chugging her wine again. Yeah. <laughs> You had to prep for this interview. That's why I'm laughing so much. At this point, <laughs> I'm chugging wine the entire time. <laughs> um, so now that you've you've been on a professional, you know, big budget, big studio movie set, and you've done big roles and small roles, and done theater all over the place, and and I guess the the biggest thing, if you were to just like be able to flip a switch and change something across the industries when it comes to disability and representation. Um, I think I'm talking more about behind the scenes, uh, mm. behind the scenes sort of stuff, like making sure that there's ramps into trailers, like uh, these sort of these sort of things, right? Like, what what would you focus on to like wave a magic wand and fix overnight? Hmm. 
Good question. If I could wave a magic wand, I think I would just get rid of the fear. I think the fear that people have of, of working with disabled people, that it's going to be more complicated, more expensive, more difficult, um, whatever it is, because, you know, I'm very accustomed to working through these obstacles and coming up with creative solutions. And you know what? So are film people. So are theater people. <laughs> because that's, that's their jobs is to come up with creative solutions. I mean, on set of run, every day we had a new logistical challenge that had to be resolved, whether it had to do with the amount of daylight that we had or, you know, a, you know, a camera not fitting into a space that it was supposed to fit into or someone getting stuck on an elevator. Someone got stuck on an elevator our ad got stuck in an elevator for like five hours one day on set what? and that apart from poor reed who's one of my favorite people having a terrible afternoon it also you know it threw off the whole schedule and and everyone had to find ways to to accommodate that and and i think film and theater people are used to being creative and, and used to doing those kinds of things and, and and finding solutions for those um those logistical challenges. And I really think it's no different for any kind of disability to, um, you know, every, every film is different. Every film has different, um, different needs in terms of creativity. And I really don't think disability is all that different. I would love for people to just approach disabled actors like any other actor and, you know, hire them for whatever role works for them as an actor and then just trust that it will all get figured out because it always does. It was Brandon Uranowitz who, Love when it. I was talking, I was talking with Brand Uran. He <laughs> was in uh, Burn This, of course, with Adam Driver and Carrie yeah, Russell. Yeah, I saw him in that. He was fantastic. Fantastic, right? And yeah. that was he was telling me in his career that was the first time he's ever played an openly gay character as an openly gay man in real life, where being gay wasn't a plot point. Wow. Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah. It was just, it just was right. <laughs> and so that's where, that's what I hope we can see more of where it's not like being a person of color makes you the sidekick or being in a, having a disability makes you not able to be the lead in some, look at, look at, um, Ryan, Ryan O'Connell. That's his name in special yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's awesome. Right. Like he's, he's, uh, he's got palsy and he's the, he, I mean, he pulled a Lynn Manuel, right? Like he wrote this thing yeah. and created yeah. it for himself. And all of a sudden it's this great breakout thing where everyone's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. So I would, I would love to add on to your magic wand wavy and just say <laughs> the fact that it's people, people come in all shapes and sizes and abilities mm -hmm. and and anyone can, anyone can play almost anything. You don't need perfect specimens to to play all of your lead roles that, I, it, that doesn't make it real yeah i would agree and i would even you know challenge the notion of what is perfect you i know? was going to say what that yeah. As, soon, yeah as soon as it came out i was like oops <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. no i just i just mean that there are there are like you said all different types of people and i and i think there's great beauty in seeing on our screen our world reflected you know disabled mm -hmm. people exist in our world um, and, and gay people exist in our world, all, all different kinds of people, like you, like you said, exist in our world. And, and I think the most beautiful thing and, and the thing that really moves me about, um, about theater, about film, about TV, et cetera, 
is is seeing something and, and saying, oh, that's my world that on screen. That's my story on screen. In some way, I can connect with this person, with this group of people, whatever it is. And the more people you have represented, the more you're going to have that magic. Um, that's what I really believe. And going back to Allie for a second, she did the Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. It's, it's a love story. It's a Hallmark yeah. movie. All Hallmark movies are love stories, right? Yes, of course. And so, again, it's just it's normalizing the fact that everybody all shapes and sizes, all abilities, everyone deserves love. Yes, That's it, period, right? And and also, like, disabled people do fall in love and, like, have relationships and get married and have kids and all these things that we so rarely see on screen. Like, that's something I know to be part of life and that I've seen many times and that, you know, is, is in my community and I see it. I see it all the time in real life and hardly ever on screen or in theater. So that's a wonderful thing. That's just like, I see that and I'm like, yeah, that's the world. That's great that that's a part of the world that we now get to see on screen that for so long has just kind of been invisible because of certain assumptions about what disabled people can have or not have or can experience or not experience. You know, it's just people. Just, just people like like any other kind of people, and that's another wonderful thing about working on Twits is that you know this was a character. You know, as wonderful as it is, um, you know, like Brandon Uranowitz's story to to play in my case a disabled character and and to represent the disability community and um, be part of new and groundbreaking stories that involve disability. It's for me equally exciting to play a role like Pansy on Twits, where like. Has nothing to do with disability. You don't even see the disability because it's a podcast. She's just like a lady. Mm -hmm. She's, she's a, a a lady. She's a genius. She's like she has this rich, wonderful character. So much stuff to play. Um, and disability just never even becomes part of it. And and there are a lot of stories in my life that have to do with disability that involve disability. There are also plenty of stories in my life that have nothing to do with disability. And it's really, it's, it's really, really fun to be able to do both, like, you know, all facets of yourself and, and to bring everything you have to, to, to the work that you do. I was going to ask if you knew German, did you study German at all? Or because you speak German in twits yeah. and it came out, I don't know German, so I don't know if it's amazingly perfect or not, but it sounds to me very authentic. And if you were, if you were to tell me, yeah, I took like three years in high school or something, I would have, I totally heard you. I, I do not speak a word of German. The closest I come to speaking German is that my dad took German in high school. <laughs> That's the closest I've gotten. But I really, I really, really practiced hard on that line. I think I might still have that line memorized or close to it. Um, it's like, Wir haben ein kleines Haus on Lieberstraat, something like that. In the United States, Krankenhauses. Something like that. We have a we had a small house on this street near the hospital. I can't do the German accent as well as I used to, but because I was practicing it like every day leading up to it, I was like using Google Translate and trying to like get the accent just right. There's like a there's a website that you can go on where you can look up individual words in a language and it will have like five different native speakers speaking that word so you can oh, hear cool. it. That's like Konkenhauses. Konkenhauses. <laughs> I was like just doing it <laughs> over and over and over again. I even considered reaching out to a professor of mine who's from Germany and just being like, can I say one sentence for you and you tell me if it's all right? Because, you know, the, the point of that moment is that um, 
she like convinces everyone that she's from Germany. And so like, I was like, it can't be terrible. Maybe it doesn't have to be perfect, but it really can't be terrible. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I practiced so hard for that moment. I'm very, very happy to hear it. That it was convincing for you. <laughs> oh, it totally was. I mean, especially against Mary Testa, right. Who's like, she's like, I'm her character is like, I do. I speak perfect German. Right. And then she's like, <laughs> it's the worst German you've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, it was so funny hearing her do that too. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. This episode is brought to you by Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals, and every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes, which is really good for me because. I don't have time for three minutes. This is New York. I got to keep going. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up. This is not just dinner either. It is for breakfast and midday bites as well. It's totally flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. And if you're going out of town or just want to take a break, you can pause or reschedule any time. So sign up and save because I've done the math. Factor is actually less expensive than takeout. So head to factormeals.com slash TTP50 and use code TTP50 to get 50% off. That's code TTP50 at factormeals.com slash TTP50 to get 50% off. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of my favorite moments, and I know, like, we're totally off topic, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, not moments, but the favorite things that I remember about the recording of Twits was how Christian Borrell just had us in stitches. Everything, oh. even even over a radio, audio-only podcast, right? Like, we can see each other. We saw each other over a Squadcast, like we're recording now. But... Yeah. The, the amount that's actually I was going to bring this up a while ago when you were talking about um, everything that gets made gets made by people. And mm. it's a string of people because mm -hmm. Christian Borle specifically and Michael Yuri too, but this, you know, comedic geniuses and Christian is doing take after take of just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and it's this massive thing where it's it, this exaggerated caricature of his character of himself <laughs> That we're hearing coming through and we're all trying to you, you know uh you you and the other cast are trying to to keep straight faces and and stay quiet through the whole thing and luckily i'm i'm production so i can mute i can laugh and mute the whole time but there are so many different levels of it goes from the act you know the writers to the actors i guess the writer to the casting to the actors to the editors to the directors through the producers and what we see mm -hmm. at the end it's not one person that creates all this stuff it's yeah. it's the collection of so much talent and i think yeah. twits, twits really exemplifies that and it, because there's so much talent with the writing and the production and the direction and of course you and the rest of the cast just phenomenal performances and it comes out it comes out so so well in the end yeah it really 
it, it, it's so I thank you for saying that first of all I'm so so proud to be part of this this project and, and be working with all of these incredible people and it's amazing how you know everything every piece of art is made just by people but sometimes when like when it's a group of people when it's all of these people making something together it's like something magical happens where it's like it doesn't come from any one person. It's like it came, it's almost like a Ouija board, you know? Everyone puts their finger on the thing and no one no one moves it, but somehow the thing moves. And it's just like the thing that happens when all of this energy comes together and, and something that is created between you that, that no one person can, can fully claim credit for. So Tom Allen Robbins would be probably first on the list to, to give anyone credit because he, he created the script and the story and the world and everything, but you know, like you said, it just comes out of like the kind of the, the, the explosion that happens when, when so many people come together and, and, and commit their energies to something like this. So Twits is then the combination of Black Magic and the Big Bang rolled up into yes. one little yes. thing. There we go. Okay. Go, go, go. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. Again, the universe <laughs> began with Twits. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate universe. Um, okay. So let's wrap up here with three questions I ask everybody to wrap up the episodes. The first one, just very simply, is what motivates you? What motivates me? Oh, that's a good question. Open-ended, what motivates me for, yeah, yeah. for anything? What makes um, you put on yellow shirts in the morning? <laughs> I actually just gave away that yellow shirt. It, the yellow <laughs> shirt is no longer, but it had a good life. <laughs> um, what motivates me? I mean, this is going to sound so cheesy and cliche, but it's got to be love. It's really... There, there's almost no point in doing anything, no matter how, how hard I work on it and how proud I am of it, if I can't share it with other people, if I can't share it with the people I love and, and celebrate it with them and celebrate their victories too. I mean, that's really what gives things meaning for me. Um, when I, I think about, um, have you ever read the book Into the Wild by John Krakauer? Mm -mm. Um, there's, there's a quote from that book that's actually quoted from an earlier work. And I think about it, um, I, I think about it all the time, which is uh, happiness is meaningless if not shared. Hmm. Um, and I, I think about that all the time. That really, I've had so many amazing things happen to me in my life, but almost always the happiest moment is when I get to tell someone I love or like if I'm lucky enough that someone I love is there and I get to share that moment with them. That's, that's really what motivates me. Next question. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Mm. You know, I, I'm thinking back to Andre de Shields's Tony speech that you referenced earlier. Um, and another quote, aside from the one about the, the mountain, which is, is a great quote. Another one that I think about a lot is the fastest way to get there is slowly, hmm. um, which, which is something I have to remind myself a lot. I, I think I spent a lot of time in my life feeling like I was behind. I wasn't getting there quickly enough. Like, you know, a, I, I was always looking at like child stars and like, why am I not doing that? If there are kids who have successful careers by the time they're 12, you know, by the time, or, you know, by the time Leonardo DiCaprio was my age, he was doing this and this and this. And, you know, th those comparisons can be really detrimental. And I think just trusting in the slow and steady work and <laughs> kind of, I guess, accepting that a lot of it is going to be out of your control as well. I, I would tell myself just, just keep doing the work as long as as long as you're loving it as long as you're enjoying it wherever that leads 
it's got to be somewhere good because anytime you get to do this, you're going to, you know, you're going to have that love and you're going to be happy. So, so I think I, I would just tell myself to trust in the process a little more. Hmm. Last question then, if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? What? One show? Oh dear. That's really, really hard. That's really very hard. Um, okay. I can't, I, I can't choose just one, but I think one that's definitely up there is um, the 2016 cast of Falsettos, which hmm. is um, obviously starring Christian Borle. That's a, a show I'm a huge, huge fan of, and I've listened to many, many, many times over. Um, I'm a huge fan of William Finn. And don't tell Christian this, but I have a Falsettos poster in my room. And when I told people I was doing this podcast, I'd like, get on Zoom with them and like tilt the screen up to to the falsettos poster and be like i'm gonna work with that guy and point <laughs> his face on the poster <laughs> like this poster that my friends had seen a million times in my room so that was really special that's that's uh that and 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 that show like william finn's writing in that show is so tight and so dense and there's so like there's so much knew that you can get out of it every time. Like, I feel like that's a show that I could spend a lot of time with and never get bored of. That's a great answer. All right. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, my Twitter and my Instagram are both at Kira J. Allen. What's the J for? My middle name. Which is? Jean. Jean. Yeah, it's my, it's my grandmother's name and my mom's middle name. Jean. It's been oh, that's cute. Three, three generations of Jean. Three, three generations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that dad joke. Love it. <laughs> you can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on Facebook slash official theater podcast. Leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Kira Jean Allen, thank you so much for this conversation. You are such a pleasure to talk to. Oh my God, so are you. Thank you so much for having me. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.